0: We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Good afternoon. Welcome into Sports Call. I'm Brooks Childress on a Friday afternoon, taking you right into a fun-filled sports weekend. I'm joined in studio today by Javon Cutler. It's a two-man booth on a Friday afternoon. I don't think there's anything to talk about. Maybe we just nah, there's have, nothing. have like a, a more bass fishing talk. We get Tom Peavy in here and have some more bass fishing talk. Um, yeah, sports call on a Friday. There's a lot to talk about. Auburn basketball finishing up about an hour and a half ago in Tampa, finishing up their time at the... SEC tournament very very short-lived appearances down there falling to the Texas A&M Aggies in the first game their first game of the tournament they now come return home sit and wait to see where they will be in March or it is March wait to see where they go in the NCAA tournament on selection Sunday we'll talk all about that we'll talk all about Auburn baseball getting ready for a three-game series versus MTSU Middle Tennessee tonight starting tonight at five o'clock game moved up one hour because of weather concerns for later on this evening auburn softball getting ready to open up a three-game series at home this weekend open up conference play against the texas a aggies that the auburn basketball team just lost to uh ryan lavoy Britt bowen will have that call across our stations Now that'll get started about six o'clock this evening for that first game and then of course all the rest of the sports we'll talk about three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine is how to get on the auburn bank phone line We'll have about, we're going to have a short show today because of Auburn baseball getting moved up an hour. We'll get off the air about 4.30 this afternoon, so get your calls in early and often. Birthdays coming up here in about 15 minutes, and then we'll have a nightly TV guide to end our show at about 4.20. I am Brooks Childress. Javon Cutler joins us in studio today, a two-man booth, as J.J. Jackson is out of town for the weekend, heading up to... Uh, a friend's wedding this weekend, so hopefully he gets up there and back safely. Hope he has a great fun time this weekend. Ryan Lavoie getting ready to call Auburn softball this weekend. Uh, Brant Daughtry not also also not with us. He's getting ready to call some Smith Station baseball over on our sister station ninety nine point nine FM in about forty five minutes. They continue to the East Alabama Classic as they take on Sparkman. Uh, fell last night to Tuscaloosa Academy, uh, so looking to bounce back tonight against Sparkman in the in that classic that will continue for the rest of the weekend, and of course. Me and Javon are left here to uh, to captain the ship. So, Javon, how are you doing on this Friday afternoon? Doing all right, Brooks.
2: Doing all right. And, hey, at least it's Friday. At least it's a Friday. We're getting closer to the weekend. Um, And it's been a lot of um, chaos around the office, you could say, for the past week or so. Um, A lot of us have been out on the road doing various sporting events. Um, A lot of the guys on the sports call team have broadcasted at least one game, whether it be in the Auburn profession or be in the high school um, realm. So yeah, we've been really busy this week, and hey, glad it's a Friday. But yeah, Auburn basketball, unfortunately, falling to Texas A&M, 67 to 62. Earlier today, we had it on in the office, um, watched the whole game, and were in agony the whole game it felt like especially when Auburn got down as much as 20 points Auburn was able to kind of muster up a little comeback toward the end but by then it was a case of too little too late for the Tigers but I know everything everybody's going to point out the offense for Auburn and rightfully so I mean Auburn only shot about 30% from the field overall and 25% from three point range so yeah the offense was really stale for Auburn in that game Turnover-wise, Auburn didn't even do that bad. I mean, A&M had 16 turnovers. Auburn had nine turnovers. So you can't blame it on the turnovers this time, or even rebounds. Auburn had 43 rebounds. Texas A&M had 42 rebounds. But, yeah, for Auburn, it was definitely the fact that they were unable to generate consistent offense. And the most glaring thing I would say looking at the box score here is Katie Johnson. I mean, Katie Johnson had a, the same amount of points as his jersey number, zero. So zero points. He was 0 of 14 from the field, including 0 of 6 from three-point range. So even if you got six points from KD Johnson, you would have won the game. So that's something I think that's a rarity for this basketball team. I don't think they're going to play that bad again. And obviously you want to win the SEC tournament to try to get that automatic. Auburn's going to get the bid regardless, but try to get that one seed. Auburn is is now out of the one seed conversation. I think they'll still cling on to a two seed, maybe depending on things shake out, maybe a 3C at at the worst. But I think Auburn's still in good shape, and you know good and well that Bruce Pearl and the staff are going to use this type of game as a motivation tactic for them moving forward in the NCAA tournament. But for Auburn, they've probably also learned a lesson as well, that, hey, we can't play up and down in the NCAA tournament because you'll get bounced out like you did today. But, yeah. Um, Not the best of games for the Tigers. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that are going to try to call in within the hour and a half or so of the show today. But yeah, overall, I mean, personally, I'm doing good and looking forward to the weekend. Got the album baseball and softball happening. So we'll see if things on the planes could perhaps
1: turn to a positive note. The SEC tournament continues to roll on. We'll talk more about that as we go along. LSU and Arkansas playing right now. Talked a little bit about that game yesterday as that as the LSU Missouri game was wrapping up. It was a three-point game at the half, twenty-nine to twenty-six, Arkansas was leading. And to open up the second half, Arkansas has gone on a thirteen to one run. I cannot oh, make wow. this up. I saw the SEC or the SEC network tweet, it's gonna it looks like it's gonna be a close one as they started the second half, and Arkansas absolutely lit up the the scoreboard to start this second half. Thirteen to one run. They're up forty two to twenty seven at the first media timeout of the second half. Arkansas looking to punch their ticket, both teams looking to punch their ticket to the quarterfinals. Arkansas would be the first higher seed to punch their ticket after Auburn fell to Texas A and M. Looking at Joe Lennardi's newest bracketology. That got released an hour ago. The Auburn Tigers are sitting on the two-seed line. They're the sixth overall seed, the number two two two-seed, and they would be in the region with the number one seed, Kansas, number three seed, Tennessee, and number four seed, Illinois. So that is where the Auburn Tigers currently sit, according to ESPN's bracketology expert, Joe Lenardi. The other one seeds, Gonzaga, Arizona, and Baylor, are the two other one seeds uh, right now. On the bubble right now, after... To today's game or so far the games today, Texas A&M still sits at the next four out. There was a, a lot of talk that maybe this win over Auburn could have boosted them up to the uh, first four out or the last maybe maybe get them up to that last four in column. But Joe Lannardi still has them sitting at the next four out in his bracketology right now. So a lot of work to be done by Texas A&M. They may have, probably have to get at least another win in the SEC tournament uh, tomorrow to be able to. Uh, get their hopes up for maybe grabbing one of those last tournament spots out there but also you know you think about bracket when you look at bracketology that a one seed has fallen in the SEC tournament that was the Auburn Tigers that means the bubble just got a little bit smaller because Auburn is going like you said Javon Auburn is going to get a spot in the NCAA tournament and they will not be an automatic qualifier so that means some one one of those bubble teams out there Just they they were been popped. They they're not going to make the tournament because of Texas A&M beating Auburn. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four one Oakley Tolfree one triple eight nine tiger nine -nine -nine is how to get on the Auburn Bank phone line. We look forward to to your calls for the next hour and a half as we're on the air. Uh, My Friday, much like Javon's, uh, is is uh, yeah we watch the game. Uh, been working a lot too, so watch the game. You you saw the Auburn Tigers play. Couldn't buy a basket. I'll say you, nope. You could not buy a basket in that first half of the. They could not grab the lid off of the the, the hoop, and it it showed. You you also saw and heard if you listen to the the game on the the broadcast. Uh, the post game they got to talk to Stephen Pearl in the post game he talked about it rebounding was a big issue they, they did a good job in the first half on the offensive glass but then i was he he pointed out and it, it was fairly obvious the last 10 minutes of that first half offensive rebounding just kind of went away and that's where texas a&m kind of grabbed a bit of bigger bigger lead and got it up to what 20 points was the biggest yeah, 20 lead. Uh, but credit to the auburn tigers they did fight back made it very very close Wendell green uh, almost single-handedly powered their way back into that game, very very close. But the run in the second half came just a little bit too late for the Auburn Tigers to top the Texas A&M Aggies. Uh, you you watched it, and I don't know how many people uh, stayed around for the post game. I was watching the post game with Buzz Williams, and he talked about if you know this uh, Auburn is a better team than Texas A&M. We all know this. This this is no Auburn is a better team than Texas A&M. Um, but you can he, he said it. You know, blatantly, you cannot play a straight-up basketball game against Auburn. You've got to be able to uh, go in and do some different things. And Buzz Williams and that team made you uh, made an adjustment last night after playing Florida, and he saw you know learned from that first meeting with Auburn, where and went in and Stephen Pearl said they got out coached. I don't know what you know what you would do to fix it, uh, but the it seemed like the Auburn Tigers got a little bit outcoached, outplayed out played on the, the court today, and Texas A&M gets their chance to go to the the quarterfinals, the NCAA or the SEC tournament. and The Auburn Tigers come home and wait for their uh, their spot in the NCAA tournament. And the Aggies are actually a sneaky team late in the season because
2: before the game against Auburn, they had won six out of their last seven games, so they had caught fire at the right time, and I believe they had lost either seven or six straight games, somewhere in that range, prior to winning those six out of the last seven games. So A&M's catching fire at the right time. They've made adjustments offensively, and it really seems like in this game they did a good job as far as making Auburn take a lot of three-point shots because – that's one of Auburn's weaknesses Auburn is not a great three-point shooting team they're able to knock down shots in spurts but with guys like Wendell Green but this team is not a great three-point shooting team and it felt like Auburn was jacking up a whole lot of jump shots in the early portions of that game instead of driving to the hoop and trying to draw fouls and things like that so A&M kind of played um, or relied on that to try to get some type of momentum going and it worked and offensively for A&M I know in the first game when they played in Auburn Arena, they couldn't buy a three-point shot to save their lives. But in this game today— the opposite. Auburn couldn't buy a three-point shot exactly. For a while. So, yeah, Auburn couldn't buy a three-point shot, but A&M was really efficient with their three-point shooting. They were 8 of 16 from three-point range, including a Radford. Radford knocked down five out of six three-point shots, and I believe he was five for five at one point. So uh, for the Aggies, yeah, they just found some semblance of an offense— and had three guys in double figures. Uh, Henry Coleman had a double-double with 16 points and 10 rebounds. He was at times having his way with Walker Kessler. So, yeah, this Aggies team is playing hot at the right time, and they know that they're going to have to play hot because they're still trying to fight, like you mentioned, Brooks, for a spot in the NCAA tournament. Like I said, Auburn, obviously you wanted to win this game. You wanted to win the SEC tournament. But, hey, you're still going to go to the NCAA tournament. But for the Aggies, they know that they've got to lay – Their hearts out every single game because they don't know whether they're going to make the NCAA tournament or perhaps the resume is not good enough to get notched down to the NIT tournament. So give credit to, yeah, Buzz Williams and the Aggies for creating a great game plan against Tigers and for Auburn, just got to regroup and move on and I guess just chill and relax to see where you're going to be heading for um, Selection Sunday. But yeah, got to give credit to A&M. They played a really good basketball game. They made key shots. And even when Auburn made that late run, they were able to still fend off Auburn. And I know Quentin Jackson made a bunch of clutch free throws um, to ice the game as well. So definitely give credit to the Aggies. But for Auburn, definitely got to rebound and regroup and try to get things fixed because you can't, play lackadaisical in the NCAA tournament you can't go on these little spells where you have no offense whatsoever because you could easily get booted out we've seen a billion upsets throughout the history of NCAA uh, March Madness so nothing is guaranteed we've even seen um, if Auburn is a two we've seen obviously a two and 15 seed um, matchup where there's been upsets there's been a one and 16 seed upset so anything goes in the NCAA tournament but just got to trust in Bruce and see what adjustments he and the staff are going to make as Auburn transitions toward postseason tournament play.
1: I know a lot of people, you know, look at this and ask the question, how could Auburn lose to this Texas A&M team? That's a really good question. They didn't hit, you know, we, we've talked about it right so far to open up this show. But you also got to understand it is a tournament basketball. Anything can happen we've seen anything happen. Baylor got knocked out last exactly. night by Oklahoma, and they're, they are a one seed. They're still on the one line right now, according to Joe Lenardi. You had Illinois get upset by Indiana, who is fighting for their tournament lives right now. I th- believe uh, they are in the last four in right now for Joe Lenardi. So, Indiana fighting for their tournament lives right now. They beat knocked off Illinois. Houston, uh, for a while, was in a big, big dog fight with Cincinnati. Houston is sitting there... Uh, well, I thought they were a top four seed but it doesn't look like I think they're just outside that top four range but Houston with the one seed in the big uh, the AC the AAC tournament they are still fighting for their uh, you know fighting to try to stay in that tournament and right now you've got a team that could be a top four seed uh, in Arkansas that is you know they, they were very very close with LSU and it's now 4733 Arkansas or LSU scored a little bit more if we uh, begin the second half here. Iowa in a fight with the Rutgers right now in the Big Ten tournament so tournament basketball is a crazy crazy thing March Madness is a thing you've got top seeds falling left and right and the Auburn Tigers one of those victims three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally toll free one triple eight nine Tiger nine to again on the Auburn Bank phone line we'll take our first break of the show when we come back birthdays in sports and your phone calls we'll be right back after this
0: jay jackson and the guys want to hear from you give them a call to join sports call at 334-887-3401 i'm sammy coates former harvard football player and all sec wide receiver and you are listening to sports call on tiger 95.9
1: Welcome back to Sports Call on a Friday. Shorten Sports Call today is where it gets you set for Auburn softball right here on Tiger 95.9. Auburn baseball comes your way at 5 o'clock over on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. At 4 o'clock, just under, just, well, just under 45 minutes from now, on our sister station, 99.9 KDFM, Smith Station Baseball is on the air. Brant Daughtry will bring you the play-by-play action as they take on Sparkman in the East Alabama Classic some great baseball all weekend long if you're looking for some great high school baseball i think they'll play golf shores and faith academy a couple two five one teams uh, for the rest of the weekend they'll play both of them tomorrow if you are looking for some high school baseball action to take in this weekend 887 and locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine is how to get in touch with us on the auburn bank phone line we look forward to getting to your phone calls in just a moment two big pieces of news that broke over the the break it looks like ESPN's new Monday Night Football booth has just been completed. They signed Troy Aikman about a month ago, I believe, or a couple weeks ago to come over and be the new Monday Night Analyst. Well, they've got a new play-by-play man for Monday Night Football on ESPN, and that man is who sat who has sat by the side of Troy Aikman for a number of years now at Fox. Joe Buck is joining ESPN as they, as they have uh, grabbed him away from Fox Sports. So Joe Buck is the new Looks to be the new Monday Night Football booth along with Troy Aikman. So, huge news in the NFL world. Javon, I do it every single week. I never turn your mic <laughs> on. Um, big news in the NFL world right now is Joe Buck is leaving Fox Sports to join reunite with Troy Aikman after no games away from each other. <laughs> and uh, they'll be in the Monday Night Football booth now. Big, big get for ESPN.
2: Yeah, it's going to be weird to see them... On the ESPN side of things as opposed to the Fox Sports side of things because you always think of you know Fox Sports on a Sunday America's Game of the Week Joe Buck Troy Aikman are going to be there but now Monday Night Football is okay Troy Buck or Joy Joe Buck Troy Aikman words are hard sometimes but um but yeah that's man that's quite a move right there ESPN obviously have a bunch of money so they could definitely pay both of those guys handsomely but Hey, for Fox, they've got to probably try to scramble and find somebody um, or just promote somebody. So I'd imagine they'll have some people ready and waiting in the wings for their now America's Game of the Week and all that good stuff. But, hey, at least we get Buck and Aikman now. Yeah. Monday Night Football this time.
1: Should be a, a – I can't wait to see Monday Night Football. You're going to have Joe Buck Troy Aikman, and you're going to have the maining cast all oh, side yeah. by side. So It should be fun. Ooh. Good lineup for Monday Night Ooh. Football now. You just got to get some good games on Monday That's Night That's the only thing, yeah. The other big news is as Braves country eagerly awaits the news of where Freddie Freeman is going to end up. That is that is the big free agency news. Right now is we are now baseball is officially back as of yesterday. The MLB and MLBPA finally agreeing on a new CBA. We get to wait 5 more years to do this all over again, <laughs> but right now we've got baseball, spring training. Some camps started today. I believe some teams started to report today to spring training. First games I believe are next Friday. Uh, for all spring training around Major League Baseball. The first big free agency domino has fallen, though. Carlos Rondon, the left-handed starting pitcher, has signed a two-year, $44 $44 million contract with the San Francisco Giants. So a big get for San Francisco, but that is the first big domino of the NMLB free agency, which I'll tell you what, folks, if you are... A baseball fan Get ready It's probably going to come Hot and heavy this weekend You're going to get A lot of big names You're going to get A lot of big trades And you're going to get A lot of big free agency Signings this weekend Is finally able to uh, Talk to their players Of the MLB Pro Clubs And of course Here in Braves country Mm -hmm. The biggest news Of A couple years Besides the World Series Is going to be Where Freddie Freeman Ends up going And we saw reports Last night come out That it's down to He's deciding between The Yankees and the Braves uh, there's been reports that you've seen today that the Dodgers are in on it, on mm. trying to get uh, Freddie Freeman. So, no one really knows. There's just rumors out there. So, if something breaks while we're on the air, we'll definitely talk about it. But otherwise, this weekend should be hot and heavy for MLB free free agency. As we roll on on Sports Call, we'll get to your phone calls in just a moment. But first, let's get to our birthdays in sports. <laughs>
0: It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports.
1: Birthdays in Sports on March 11th, 2022. JJ would want me to say this. The day after my birthday. Yep. True, true. Couple birthdays going on today. We got some basketball birthdays. Quite a few basketball birthdays, actually, looking at the sheets. So let's start out They are Turning 29 today as a forward for the L.A. Lakers. It's Anthony Davis's birthday. Hmm. Davis grew up in Chicago and started playing school as a six foot guard he would leave high school as a six foot eight forward and the number one player in the country signed with Kentucky go cats and it was a force for the Wildcats playing or winning the SEC player of the year leading the NCAA in blocks winning national player of the year becoming an All-American and winning a national title while being named most outstanding player of the NCAA tournament he was drafted number one overall by the New Orleans Pelicans in the 2012 draft he now plays for the Lakers as an eight-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA player, three-time NBA box leader, and one-time NBA champion. Anthony Davis turning 29 today. Yeah, really
2: good player, of course. Just the only knock on him, you would say, is injuries. He's a guy that you can never rely on him for all 82 games of a regular season. It feels more like 50 to 55 games is what he plays in terms of a regular season basis. But when he's on the court, he's a guy that is really dominant easily gives you a double double and yeah like mentioned in the um little excerpt right there he was a point guard at one point but he hit a huge growth spurt and became more of a big man but at times you could definitely see him in transition to handling the ball like a point guard but for anthony davis right now i'm sure the biggest birthday wish he wants right now is health like yep. health is the biggest thing to try to help out the lakers and try to see if the lakers can make a push to try to further themselves in the play-in situation because i don't think they're gonna make the playoffs but the play-in situation anything could happen but hey happy birthday ad
1: turning 45 today is the head coach for the WNBA's las vegas aces becky hammond hmm. turning 45 today hammond grew up in south dakota and was miss basketball in the state as a senior in 1995 she played college basketball at colorado state go rams and was a three-time all-american she signed with the new york liberty in 1999 And over a 13-year career, was a six-time All-Star, two-time All-WNBA, and one-time WNBA Assist Leader. She was an assistant for the San Antonio Spurs in 2014, and was named head coach of the Las Vegas Aces in 2022. Becky Hammond turning 45 today. I know a lot of people. She was also the head coach for the Spurs during the Summer League. The Summer League. Uh, spurs head coach usually that's an assistant the, the head coach of the you know the nba franchises usually don't go down to summer league except to watch the games and get a get a look at their new players but a lot of people were wanting becky hammond to get be the first female nba coach never i think she was in the running for a couple jobs but her first head coaching position now with the las vegas aces so happy birthday to becky hammond
2: Yeah, for Becky Hammond, yeah, one of the best WNBA players of all time. And if I'm not mistaken, the Las Vegas Aces have one of the best rosters in the league as well. A team that has a lot of potential. So
1: I think Becky Hammond will do great things out there in the desert. Turning 45 today is the GM of the 76ers, Elton Brand. Brand grew up in New York and averaged 40 points and 20 rebounds per game while he played. He played at Duke in college and was a one-time All-American and one-time ACC Player of the Year. He was selected first overall by the Bulls in 1999 and made the all-rookie team as well as being selected as a co-rookie of the year with Steve Francis. He was a two-time All-Star during his playing career. He began a career in player development soon after his retirement and is now the GM of the Philadelphia 76ers, Elton Brand, turning 45 today.
2: He's been a busy man, busy man the past couple of years. Of course, 76ers have been one of the best teams in the NBA. Um, Last year wasn't the best situation for them. They lost, of course, to the Hawks in the semifinals and then had the whole Ben Simmons situation, but... We're able to trade him to the Brooklyn Nets. Coincidentally, those two teams played last night. So Elton Brand got to see um, his team take a fat L to the (laughs) Brooklyn Nets. But happy birthday to you, though.
1: In the NFL birthday, one NFL birthday to tell you about today, turning 37 as a former NFL tight end, most famously played with the Carolina Panthers. Greg Olson Hmm. turning 37 years old today. Olsen grew up in New Jersey and was an All-American as a senior in high school. Olsen signed with Notre Dame, go Irish, but then transferred to Miami, go Canes. After one year, in 2007, he went to the NFL Draft and was taken 31st overall by the Chicago Bears. In 2011, he was traded to the Panthers where he would become Cam Newton's favorite target. He was a three-time Pro Bowler and was the first tight end in NFL history to record three straight 1,000-yard seasons. He's now a broadcaster with Fox Sports. Greg Olson. Wow. Turned 37.
2: Yeah for Greg Olson I briefly remember him at the Bears but definitely I remember him with the Panthers and it just felt like whenever Cam Newton needed to make a huge throw he would go to Greg Olson because also the Panthers didn't have great receivers at that time because Steve Smith was kind of on his last leg. Um, I believe Kelvin Benjamin was there as well but Kelvin Benjamin as we know was a pudgy wide receiver so it felt more like Greg Olson was like that number one option for cam newton greg olson was big time clutch for um him and the panthers and yeah i've heard some of his games on fox sports last year he does a really good job breaking down the game it feels natural for him to call a football game as well so i'm sure he'll be the guy speaking of broadcasters i'd imagine he would be elevated to that number one spot um as part of the fox sports national games of the week but greg olson a really good tight end um with the bears and panthers so yeah happy birthday you're getting creative with your adjectives today i'm trying to i'm trying to be a little different yeah
1: finally in the birthdays in sports today is turning 48 today in the mlb world is a former mlb right fielder bobby abreu turning 48 but was born in venezuela and was signed by the astros as a free agent in 1990 in 96 he won minor league player of the year and was promoted in the same season he also spent or he soon spent uh, was sent to the phillies i wish i could read where he would have his best years being named an all-star twice winning both a silver slugger and a gold glove he retired with 1363 rbis 288 career home runs And a batting average Of 291 Bobby Abreu turning 48 years old Today
2: Yeah, Bobby Abreu I remember him with the Um Phillies, And I want to say he won the Home Run Derby like in 2005 or 2006, uh, one of those years. And he's a guy that had a bunch of power, a guy that could do a little bit of everything, I want to say. Um, But I just remember him mostly with the Phillies. But he was a really good player for his time and a guy that Phillies fans will definitely remember. So happy birthday to Bobby Abreu.
1: I kind of remember him with the Phillies. I'm more so because I got into baseball a little bit late later. I remember him with the Yankees, the Angels, and the Dodgers are the two are the uniforms that I remember him hmm. in. That is your birthdays in sports. Anthony Davis, Becky Hammond, Elton Brand, Greg Olson, and Bobby Abreu all celebrating their birthdays today. 334 887 341 locally, toll-free one triple eight nine Tiger Nine. Set again on the Auburn Bank phone line. After this quick break, we will go to that Auburn Bank phone line and take your phone calls. One more th- thing with our birthdays in sports. Yeah. If it's your birthday, happy yep, birthday, happy to, birthday you. to you. I almost forgot to yep. say that. We'll be right back on Sports Call.
0: Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: Sports call on a Friday. I'm Brooks Shoulders, joined in studio by Javon Cutler. Rolling through a Friday, the Auburn basketball team done at the SEC tournament after one game, falling to Texas A&M earlier today by the score of 67-62. The SEC tournament rolls on right now. An update from Tampa, Florida, with 7:33 to play in the game. Arkansas leading the LSU Tigers by the score 58-44. to It was a three-point game at the half. Arkansas has come out and scored as many points as they did in the first half up to this point in the second half. 29-26 with a halftime score. Arkansas has outscored LSU 29-18 here in the second half. We'll keep you updated on everything that's happening around the world of college basketball as we hurdle toward a big weekend of conference hoops wrapping up, and then we'll find out where everybody's going for the NCAA tournament uh, on Sunday evening over on, for, uh, on CBS. They'll have the selection show. 334-887-3401 locally. Toll free one 9 tiger 9 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. Let's go it's the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today. And who has called in, Zeus? All right. Well, let's try that one more time. Keith
3: from Auburn.
1: Keith is joining us on the phone line. Keith, how are you doing this afternoon?
3: Hey, guys. I'm doing great. Who, who am I talking to?
1: Brooks and Javon today
3: brooks first of all happy birthday
1: yesterday thank you so much
3: i turned 58 yesterday myself so me and you've got something in common and it's a good thing
1: well happy birthday to you too keith
3: (laughs) thank you very much i was uh uh i had a great day and uh a lot of loving family and friends and that's what it's all about absolutely uh but anyway guys uh i want to move on real quick uh in-state-wise, UAB's hanging on to a two-point lead right now against uh, Middle Tennessee State. I think if uh, UAB wins that game, they'll punch their ticket to the Big Dance. Uh, hopefully, they would get in anyway, but uh, you, you never know with uh, how the uh, the bracket falls and, and that type of stuff. So, I'm really pulling for UAB. You know, Andy Kennedy, coach, he played there, and he coached there, and then he left, and maybe went to Cincinnati or somewhere and Ole Miss and then found his way back to UAB. And he's got UAB really playing some good basketball right now. Absolutely. I think they're 24-7. and So uh, I tipped my hat to to uh, Coach Kennedy and the UAB Blazers. Um, I remember back in the days when Gene Barto was the coach and <clears throat> the NCAA tournament rolled around, they uh, – uh, Birmingham Jefferson Civic Center hosted a, a regional, and UAB knocked off number 1 Virginia and Ralph Sampson to move on to the next round. So uh, so hopefully uh, they can continue their, their success. And You know, I watched the game uh, today, and I, I've said this before, and I'll keep saying it. If your guard play kills you. I mean, yeah, Wendell Green hit 12 in a row. But if he hadn't shot 13 or 14 in a row in the first half, uh, it might have been a little closer than what it was. And, um, you know, uh, until Auburn figures out their guard play and gets better with their guard play, uh, it, it, it's going to be tough to get past, you know, to get into the round 16. Because if your guard play is not playing well, your defense, the teams you play when you get into the deeper rounds uh, they're going to lock down on Jabari, and they're going to lock down on Walter Kessler. Yep. And you just it, it's just a battle. And, you know, uh, I, I don't know what they ended up shooting from three-point land. first half, they look like Alabama, so uh, I'm used to that. So, uh, but anyway, I, I think the guard play is still the key. they got to find some way or another... Uh, You know, my opinion is I believe I would hold Wendell Breed out of the game a little bit longer uh, in the first half before I bring him in and let him sit and watch a little more than the first four or five minutes and leave Jasper in there and and leave KD in there. And I know KD struggled today, too. But, uh, you know, you got to get that fixed. Yeah. You're not going to get very far. So, uh, Jabari probably the best player in, in college basketball, but he, he can't put a team on his back and carry him to the Final Four. You know, it takes a team effort. Absolutely. they they got some work to do. But uh, I, I wanted to uh, jump over to ACC a little bit. Uh, I, think, I think we're going to see a, a Duke-UNC rematch in the ACC championship game. That's yeah. right.
2: Yeah, that's what it's shaping out to be, and um, that's definitely what it's shaping out to be, Keith.
3: And I hope it is. Uh, you know, to me, I think Duke or uh, UNC is playing better basketball right now, and I see UNC winning the uh, ACC tournament. I mean, they they they're playing really good right now. I watched them a little bit last night, and uh, they look good. Um, but then again. You know, you go back to last year, you look at UCLA, they had a play-in game, and they made it to the Final Four. So that's just how wide open the NCAA tournament is these days. Do you guys agree with that?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, Basically, it feels like every postseason is like this. Usually the team that gets the hottest usually ends up in the finals or championship or however you want to call it and yeah you mentioned UCLA last year they were a team that just got hot hot all of a sudden were able to make their shots and play excellent basketball and it just feels like that's the key sometimes it's not always about the team that is the best team on paper because you could have the best team on paper yet you still lose and get upset but it's yeah. just always about Continuity and making sure that everybody's clicking on all cylinders, and that's what matters the most, it feels like, especially during March Madness, because there's been several times where teams have had great talent, but it just hasn't worked out, and obviously you only have one game to prove it. If you lose one game, then you're automatically out. There's no double elimination. So I think yeah. for college basketball specifically, <laughs> it's all about who gets hot at the right time, and um, specifically for this A and M and Auburn game, A and M has been playing really good basketball. They were six and one in their past yeah, seven games, yeah. and they played really hard. Auburn obviously is the more talented team, but A and M played really hard. They executed well, so I think for um, overall, I mean, teams that play the hottest are usually the ones that end up in the final four, national championship game, or even win the championship itself. So I think it's all about getting hot at the right time.
3: Hey, let me ask you guys something. You may have to research it find out. You don't have to answer the question right now. But when's the last time, uh, or, or the last year, the NCAA, uh, through the, the basketball tournament, had all four, number one, not make the final four? Because that is a possibility this year. I mean, because of parity in, in the basketball uh, world, uh, you know, Gonzaga don't impress me. Uh, you know, uh, Kansas, you know, Kentucky beat them by 20-something. Uh, you know, and then the Arizona, they play in the pack Well, You know, I, I just think you might have a year where you may not have a number one seed reach the Final Four this year. I, I think it's possible.
2: Yeah, it's certainly looking like that um, for this year. I know last year it just felt like Baylor and Gonzaga were clearly the two best teams in college basketball, and they ended up meeting in the national championship. So it didn't feel as um, fun last year because it's like, okay, those two teams are easily the best two teams in the country. But this year, you don't know who's going to make it. I mean, you could have a lot of surprises that are – winding up in the final four. So, yeah, I agree with you. This year, there is no clear cut, okay, this is the absolute best team in the country. There's no way they're not going to make the final four. So, I think this year's March Madness should be really interesting, really intriguing to see who makes it out.
3: Hey, let me ask you guys a question. Uh, Yesterday, Indiana and Michigan played. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And I I didn't watch the game. I think I saw an update at once. Were they one point in the game where Michigan was up like Twenty plus points in that game,
1: I believe so. I, I think you're right. They were. Uh,
3: I think it was close to thirty. I, I may be wrong on that.
1: Indiana had to come storming back and win that uh, win that basketball game, and then they ended up upsetting Illinois earlier today.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I saw where they won today. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a Michigan fan. You know uh, uh, that that staff over there or the head coach is a cancer. Uh, they should have fired him when they had the opportunity to, and maybe they'll do it at the end of the season. but uh, i I don't think Michigan deserves to be in the NCAA tournament, that, that's just my opinion. And yeah, they play in the big twelve or whatever that conference is, but uh, yeah I, I'm not impressed with them, and you know uh, I may be wrong. Uh, I don't what I don't know what minority has them right now. Uh, the last I looked, he had them in the tournament at seventeen and fourteen, or seventeen thirteen, and I, I just don't see that.
1: Yeah, right now the uh, as of about an hour ago, the one that he uh, put out after the first you know few games ended today, he's got them in the last four by, so not the last four in, but they are not solidly in the tournament, but they are right there on the edge of it. It's going to take. Uh, if you if you keep getting teams, you know, if you keep getting upper okay. seeds upset, yeah. that bubble's going to start shrinking, and then yep. you may see them get knocked out of the tournament. But right now, they are. Joe already's got them in the tournament, but not solidly.
3: Well, and, and here's the other thing, guys. Yeah. Me personally, I think Texas A and M played their way into the tournament today.
1: I I think you know the, uh, what what is uh, Buzz Williams went on the when the post game show and. He, you know, he said just about the same. He said, I don't think there's conversation to be had. And so, you know, right. if you're the, the selection committee, you've got – you now look at Texas A&M, who went nine nine in conference play, which is a big feat in, in the SEC. And now you're up to 11 conference wins after beating Florida and beating a number one seed at Auburn. And now yeah. you go into a game against potentially uh, another top four seed with Arkansas as they're still uh, yeah. holding, holding themselves right now against LSU.
3: What is uh – a&M's Buzz Williams Buzz Williams right? yeah uh, yeah I saw a segment on him and I think he been at a and this is 4th year 3rd or 4th yeah 3rd
1: third, 3rd third. Yeah. Third
3: or 4th uh, when he was at Virginia Tech uh, I don't know 2 three, three, four years ago I saw something on ESPN where he took his basketball team at Virginia Tech put him in the gym and set him on the bench and he brought in, Tom would love this, he brought in a police officer, a uh, rapid responder, a fireman, uh, United States Air Force, United States Army, United States uh, Coast Guard, and am and, and I'm, and I I'm missing one? United States Navy. And they were in full uniform, and he lined those uh, gentlemen up in front of his basketball team and his message to them were, this is why we will stand for the National Anthem. And I commend him for that. I'm a fan of him. And uh, you know, all that other stuff can go out the window. But those folks give their life and, and, and they risk their life every day to save Americans. And, uh, I, I don't think nowhere in the USA should we be nilling for the national anthem. And I ain't seen it this year, so I, I'm, I'm not saying it's still happening, but I just saw that segment and, uh, he won, he won me over with that. He said, we will stand for a national anthem or you can go find another basketball team to play for. So, uh, kudos to him. That's, uh, oh, good grief, uh. Wardem Steve Eagle, or... Uh, I, I don't know his name. If he called in today, he, I, I'm, I'm just,
1: He's waiting on the phone lines.
3: Okay, well, I'm interested. Uh, I'm sure he's drank a couple, two or three bottles of Pepto-Bismol. Maybe <laughs> he's not... Uh, uh, <laughs> over-consumed with it. It's not the end of the world. You know, there, That's all right. there's always going to be a two-seed, and, and if they can figure out their guard play, but they got to figure it out. Steve, if you're listening... You, they got to figure out their guard play, and I think the key is keeping Wendell Green on the bench or a little bit later in the first half or you bring the gunslinger in. He reminds me so much of Westbrook. who can, uh, you, he, he can score 50 on you one night and win a ball game, or he can shoot you slap out of a tournament yeah. or a game, and that's what Wendell Green did uh, the first half uh, today. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for for taking my phone call and, uh, and enjoy the show and you guys keep doing a great job and, and keep up the great work okay
1: thank you so much keith thanks for that phone call 334-887-341 locally toll free one 9 tiger 9 it's that again the auburn bank phone line we got a little bit more time left in the first hour we'll come back and wrap up hour number one of sports call
0: May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is What? My name is Hi. My name is Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, sports call. <laughs>
1: podcast is brought to you by us it's brought to you by us you can find that podcast anywhere you get your podcasts soundcloud stitcher google play itunes Apple podcast spotify tune in tiger communications app the tiger.fm our website i'm Brooke shoulders joined in studio by javon cutler soon to be joined in studio by a few more people top of the hour we'll be joined by barry blanchard from our sister station 99.9 kate fm have him on the show from time to time also Brant Daughtry will be joining us here sometime in the next hour as we roll along on a Friday. Also, give you an announcement: we uh, we were going to get off the air at four uh, thirty, but due to some scheduling stuff happening, uh, we will now be on the air till five fifteen. So you got a little bit more time to get our get your phone calls in at 887 one locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine five fifteen. We will be off the air at four thirty. I will be vacating my spot, Javon, You'll be taking over here, and it'll be you brant and barry taking y'all taking uh the rest of the way from 4:30 to 5:15. so get ready as we have uh what 45 more minutes of sports yep. call coming yep. coming to you so 45 extra minutes of sports call than you thought you were getting today on a friday uh, taking you toward friday auburn basketball falling earlier today to the texas a&m aggies to drop out of the sec tournament after their first day of play 67 and 62 the sec tournament continues to roll on Uh, With a minute 11 to play in the game, the Arkansas Razorbacks looking to punch their ticket to the next round. LSU trying to pull the upset, but right now it's not happening for the the LSU Tigers. 75-61, Arkansas leads, like I said, with just under a minute to play down in Tampa. in that one also, Keith brought it up, but give you an update from this Conference USA tournament semifinal, some uh, in-state action. UAB taking on Middle Tennessee right now with 2.20 to play in the game. Middle Tennessee has taken a two-point lead there, 60-58. to UAB led 35-31 at the half. Mm. Middle Tennessee has outscored the Blazers 29-23 in the second half and is 60-58, to Middle Tennessee leading the UAB. UAB right now on Joe LaMardi's bracketology that was released a little over an hour ago, has them in the – he's got a next four out and then he's got a next three, and UAB is in that next three along with mm. Virginia and Florida – are the other two teams in that next three outside of the next four out for Joe Lenorti's bracket. So UAB needing a win and needing some help to get into the NCAA tournament uh, as we go along here. Other scores uh, as we wrap up the hour in the uh, around the bigger conference matchups. Number 24, Iowa, has just uh, beaten... Rutgers, Iowa, was in a fight with Rutgers for a little bit in that game. 84-74, Iowa beating Rutgers to move on in the tournament. Indiana, upsetting Illinois earlier today, 65-63. Houston, the one seed in the AAC tournament, getting a 69-56 win over Cincinnati. Uh, SEC games come later this evening, about 5 o'clock getting underway. will be Mississippi State and Tennessee. And then later tonight will be Vanderbilt against Kentucky Vanderbilt knocking off the Alabama Crimson Tide last night after Vanderbilt beat Georgia the night before, going in and beating Alabama last night and uh, setting up a, ma- a matchup with Kentucky tonight, Javon.
2: Yeah, who would have thought that Vanderbilt would upset Alabama? I know people have documented Alabama's struggles, I'd say, as far as in- or consistency throughout the season, and it reared its ugly head last night. Bama obviously is a better team than Vanderbilt on paper. They have got a trio of talented guards. But Vanderbilt, they've played hard recently. Jerry Stackhouse has this team playing hard, led by Scottie Pippen Jr., a guy that is one of the best players in the conference, and he had a really good game last night, but this is not your average Vanderbilt team that you've been seeing the past couple of years. This team is gritty. They play hard. um, They're trying to prove people wrong, and that's exactly what they did last night against the Alabama team that people assumed would beat them, but give credit to the Commodores. They were able to pull off the upset, and now they're looking to create more chaos in the SEC tournament. But for Bama, I mean – obviously this puts a damper on their season they're still going to make the NCAA tournament i believe because they do have some great wins i.e baylor and gonzaga and houston and houston so they've got a couple of good wins so i think that's what's really going to help them as far as their tournament case if they didn't have those three wins i don't think they would have made the tournament but because of those three wins right there i think they're still going to make the tournament so bama fans should not worry about this loss it stings but I think they're still going to make the tournament, but for Vanderbilt, hey, this is a good stepping stone for not only this season, but also the future. I'm sure some recruits looked at this and like, okay, Stackhouse is building something special. Let's see if I can jump on the bandwagon and contribute in the years to come
1: and Locally, toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine is how to get on the Auburn Bank phone line. Another hour of sports call coming your way right after this break. I am Brooks Childress. That is Javon Cutler across from me in the studio. We will be joined by Barry Blanchard and Brant Daughtry in the second hour of the program. Also more of your phone calls when we return after this quick break.
0: And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Second hour of Sports Call starting right now on Tiger 95.9. Also, the Tiger Communications app, the website, the Tiger.fm, And, of course, the Sports Call podcast, wherever you get those podcasts. I am Brooks Childress. Joined today by javon cutler and now for the second hour joined by mr barry blanchard barry from our sister station 99.9 kate fm how are you doing today
4: i am spiffy brooks thank you for asking it's good to be here i always love when i get to join you guys in the studio talk a little bit of sports a good time
1: absolutely we w- always appreciate you coming over you're rocking the the kate hoodie today kind of rocking your your home station uh but barry does a great job for us over there hosts uh nightly show is it's dinner time with uh barry bear blanchard right oh
4: yeah best meal of the day
1: <laughs> six to ten every single night over on our sister station 99.9 kate f monday through thursday uh, friday, i'm sorry I'm all so- all 80s. 80s. i forgot about all eighties. all
4: 80s friday all right gotta make sure you get Reps all ages Monday through Thursday six to ten. I am Mister Whatever. Join me in for dinner time.
1: And then, of course, uh, Barry also does a lot of work with our high school stuff. Is he, he runs around to different games? Did a lot of basketball stuff. Uh, we'll have to get you out to some baseball and softball games here soon. That'll be that'll be really really fun to get you out there and uh, tag along, have oh, some fun. Yeah,
4: yeah I want to go see. Um, I became a, a Smith Station fan over basketball season, so I would love to get out there see maybe see some of them boys. See if they translate it over to the diamond and uh just learning more about the sport in general I think uh you know growing up I didn't give baseball enough of a chance and now with the MLB lockout feel like it's now time to just get over to the sport why not you yeah. know
1: soft softball baseball see what y'all got yeah it's a fun sport to get into it's uh a lot of people complain that it's long and boring but mm-hmm. I, I enjoy it it's my second favorite sport so i welcome you over to the baseball (laughs) softball fandom uh also an update on the smith station game was supposed to be getting underway about right now at least due to some schedule changes over there due to uh different things we will not be airing a smith station baseball game tonight but smith station will still play sparkman tonight at seven o'clock eastern six o'clock central uh, so make sure you are over there for that game. Uh, if you're looking to, uh, for some Smith Station baseball, you have to head out to Smith Station and watch Smith Station versus Spartman. We will not air that game on 99.9 KFM today because of some schedule changes uh, unfortunately uh, for that, but fortunately we will have Brent Daughtry in the studio very, very shortly. He'll be joining us uh, for the rest, remainder of the show. I will be leaving in about 30 minutes to go take care of some Auburn baseball stuff over on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9, but Javon will captain the ship along with Barry and Brant for the rest of the way. We'll be on the air till. Five fifteen. That's right. Captain Cutler. That's, right. <laughs> Captain Cutler. That's a up? nice ring to it. <laughs> it does. rolls off the time. We're gonna be on the air till five fifteen. Originally we were supposed to be on the air till four thirty, but of course, due to schedule changes, <laughs> we're now on the air till five fifteen this afternoon. So get your calls in on the Auburn Bank phone line, three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally, toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine. And let's start out the second hour of sports call on that Auburn Bank phone line with our good friend. Wardam
2: Steve,
1: retired Wardam Steve joins us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Steve, how are you doing this afternoon?
2: It sucked.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, I
2: you're
4: not wrong. Yeah. Put it
2: not. lightly. Yeah.
4: Now he hit it on the head.
5: Now, you know, I told you guys uh, yesterday I was cold turkey. No more bis balls, right?
1: Yeah, you did. How did how did that uh, move go? Uh,
5: not too good. Uh, I uh, completely exhausted. And I went alphabetically with uh, profanities uh, through the uh, entire alphabet. <laughs> so when I exhausted all those profanities, I resorted to taking a piece of uh, clothing, almost like a uh, strip pogo that I was doing it by myself. Uh, <laughs> every time the league got bigger, I'd take off a piece of uh, uh, clothing. Uh, when we got closer, i put it back on. So uh, that's uh, how the game went for me, guys. So, uh, you know, I really want some legitimate uh, uh, answers for you guys. Uh, according to Stephen pearl who i listened to the uh post-game uh, show with andy Bircham, did you hear what Stephen pearl said
1: sure did. He, he, he had quite a few comments about how uh how auburn performed that uh this afternoon and
5: yeah he started off with uh, we got outplayed yep outcoached hmm. out scouted and he said they wanted it more now of course andy Bircham probably isn't gonna take the courage to do this but if one of you guys were there, and if I was a journalist uh, there at that time when he said that, I would have asked this one question of oh, Stephen. So, Stephen, that you said all those things, explain, please, how those things happened. Why did you get outcoached? Why was it that our team got outplayed? Why did you get outscouted? And how come they wanted it more?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what. Well, if you listen to the, if you know, folks listen to the post game show. I think a lot of people probably have that same or asking that same question is what happened. And I, I think you know, if you watch the, um, if you watched the SEC network coverage right after it, they had Buzz Williams on, and he talked about how you know you and he went to went through that game the first time the Auburn and Texas A and met at, in Auburn Arena earlier this year. Uh, you know he said they, they played what the type of basketball that they wanted to play and obviously that didn't work for them so you had to go and play uh, a different kind of basketball you had to you had to you know got to make sure that Auburn could not get inside and force those threes because we've seen all year Auburn is not a prolific three-point shooting team they can hit some big shots at big times as we saw Wendell Green do today we've seen Jabari Smith do it in the past but this is not a, a Bruce Pearl team that we've seen in the past that is prolific at shooting threes they're more get the ball inside get it to Jabari get it to Walker Kessler inside score the basketball and then hit a couple threes from outside with Wendell Green and uh you know let Katie Johnson run around and hit a three or run inside and get a contested layup or something but Texas A&M did a good job where you didn't see Auburn get the ball inside that much. They they had, I believe, what was it, at the like the eight-minute mark. They had 14 threes put up. They were 2-14 yep. at the eight-minute mark of the first half. And so it, it's Texas A&M did a good job of adapting their game plan from the first time they played Auburn.
5: Okay. Again, see, I really want a basketball explanation from people that are more knowledge than I am as to what has happened for this kind of – I mean. This wasn't like a, a nail-biter. Uh, we were pretty much done and uh, toast You know, uh, at, the, at the half, guys. 16-point uh, deficit, okay? Um, and I'll tell you right now, Sportsline.com, their computer, had us, percentage-wise, uh, winning probability of 75%. Now, when you have a 75% probability of winning a game, according to their computers, you're not supposed to be down by 16 points or even 20 points later on are you guys
2: no, I mean no you're not supposed to
5: you might be behind a little bit but not by 20 damn points and that's what I'm getting at look at this uh, I'm reading this from, uh, uh, from uh, Mark Murphy we missed 17 of the first 20 attempts from long range in the first half For 17 of the first 20 attempts and I kept saying don't do it anymore apparently threes were not going down us, and they kept doing it so if you got out coach I'd say Bruce what the heck man why do you keep letting them uh, do the threes stop it I
1: think they,
5: they wouldn't stop would they
1: I, I'm just say I think at one point it was, I, I saw it on Twitter I don't know if it's confirmed or anything or anybody asked about this in the post game but there was uh, some folks on Twitter that were at the game said they thought they heard Bruce Pearl say stop shooting threes at one point in the first half
5: so they were listening to him I mean, he didn't call time out said cut it out I'm going to sit you down on the bench because here's for more stats, we went three of twenty-five from three-point in the first uh, first half. Uh, I mean, that's, no, I'm sorry, in the first game when we when we did it against Texas. They came back. All right, then, guys, what? Well, what's happening with you know? Uh, continuing to allow people who are not benefiting the team, like 0 for 14, 0 for fourteen by like KD sitting on the bench, right? But no, he doesn't do that.
1: Yeah, it's I mean. it's it's difficult. I, I think you you know you see Bruce Pearl's got his rotation that he 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 uses he's used a rotation all year long and he likes to go deep into his bench and I'll tell you what it, it sometimes it's not there. I mean we've seen games this year that Katie Johnson has not had a had a good game and like you said he's o 0, zero points over 0, 0 for six from three. Uh, it was not his game today, but. You know, it, you've always got the – Bruce Pearl likes to run his rotation. I don't think you're just going to take KD out. I, you may take the ball out of his hands a little bit more. I think that could have been something that had changed. But I don't think you're going to completely take him out of the game plan and sit him on the bench the entire time.
5: Oh, about the free throws, guys. Uh, you may recall I said to you, I, I was reading from Jason Caldwell, that uh, Tuesday prior this week, prior to leaving for the game, they had uh, free throw uh, practicing. And, you know, there was – that uh, if somebody missed one, they had to go uh, for 11 seconds uh, up and down the court. Well, I'd say don't do that anymore. Don't do any more free throw practicing because apparently that didn't help. We went 61%. Even Gabari Smith sucked at it today. Uh, perfect storm. But this is the real shocker, guys. You know, and I recall if Tom were around, I'd say, Tom, how do you explain this crap? Now, I know you, Thomas said, you know, in basketball, things happen, right? Things get hot. Yep. But this is the shocker for me. Texas AM guys went fifty percent today for three pointers. You know that, right?
1: Yes, yeah. Eight for sixteen.
5: Okay, well here's a shocker for me because how this happens is magic. Before this game today, Texas AM is a game ranked number two hundred and eighteen in the country in three point percentages. Now you think about that. Yeah. They ranked two hundred and eighteen in the country in three point percentages, but not today.
1: Nope. They shut how up. How
5: do you make that kind of a jump in in, in, in how well you did in three-point making, guys?
1: Uh, you get hot. That's how so you get no, hot. No, yeah. no, but
5: how? How does that happen? You go from 218, which is pretty damn bad, right, <laughs> to making fifty percent, 8 of 16 of your three-pointers.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's – you. Obviously, and you saw it a few times, Auburn was kind of, kind of looked befuddled a little on the defensive end that you got to, you had Texas them get some wide open shots. On the other side of that, though, Auburn got some, got a lot of wide open looks. Stephen Pearl even said it on the post game. You got a lot. He's going to, they're probably going to be sick looking at that, uh, that tape that they had a lot of wide-open looks that they did not hit. And so both teams, you know, Auburn, if they had hit, the, what were they, nine for 36 from three, 25%, you, hit a, few, you hit a few more of those, and, it, you know, it, the the three-point percentages start to even out, and, you you know, you say, wow, Auburn was hot from three, but uh, it is, it is basketball is a cruel sport. Uh, Texas A&M got hot, and that's the best, that is the best way we can describe it, is Texas A&M just got hot, because logically, you look at that and like you said how abysmal they shot the three this year there's no logical reason it's just they got hot and it's auburn could not adjust
2: and giving credit to a&m they've played the hottest or some of the hottest basketball in the conference as of late they've won now seven out of their last eight games and this continues what they played or how they played yesterday against florida i mean they started knocking out the three-point shots against the gators and it was a similar game where a&m almost let them or a&M blew the lead against Florida, but they came back came back to win, but this time A&M closed out the deal against Auburn, but you just got to give credit to the Aggies. They've been playing great basketball as of late, and Buzz Williams really has these guys playing great.
5: Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go along with that theme, follow up there. but, you know, when you're the number one team in the SEC and you just won the SEC championship, you shouldn't be playing like this anymore. I agree. At the first, the first part of the season, okay, that's explainable. But not now. In fact, everything that I've read and and known about uh, basketball teams, that it's supposed to be getting hotter, and improving tournament time. That is not happening to this team, guys, and uh, that's what is so, uh, to me, just, uh, not just frustrating, but just uh, gut-wrenching. Why why has this happened to the team? Uh, you know, they know each other, they know what their roles are, the coaches should have been scouting uh, A&M, and uh, in fact, uh, Bruce Pearl set up the game, that uh, they were doing their scouting, and they just didn't execute uh, the plan. They didn't execute. Well, why not? Why wasn't that? See, this, these whys, I'm not getting any answers, guys, from everything I'm reading. Why did this happen the way it happened? What's the explanation? Why did we get scouted? Why didn't we execute? Why in the world did we only make 25% of our three-pointers? And why wasn't uh, Katie Johnson is notorious for going to the rim and getting fouled? That didn't happen today. Yeah. I, want, I just want to know, goes, why? Why didn't this happen? And is this what, I guess we, we're we stuck with? Is this how the team is going to perform in uh, the NCAA tournament? Because if it is, then I guess we're one and done.
2: I mean, Steve, that's basketball, to be honest with you. Like, you're going to have games sometimes where things are going to be rough and things aren't always going to go your way. And for Auburn, it just oh, felt like a lid was placed on the basketball, or on the basket. So, obviously, you didn't want to go out this way, but... To be optimistic, at least it happened in the SEC tournament and not the NCAA tournament. So for Auburn, I do expect him to play much better in the NCAA tournament. I don't expect Katie Johnson to be 0-14 from the field. I expect him to contribute his usual way. I expect everybody to play up their up to their standards so this is just an example of a really bad basketball game Auburn just couldn't make shots I mean that happens in basketball you're not always going to be clicking on all cylinders and unfortunately for Auburn they have not been clicking in the past couple of weeks they've been playing around 500 and it's reared it's ugly head here in the sec tournament but moving on to the ncaa tournament i do not expect auburn to play this bad brand of basketball i think things will be much better and i think that bruce Pearl will have these guys ready so i think this is just an example of a really 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 bad basketball game by the tigers but i do not think it's going to going to happen again in the ncaa tournament
5: so explain me why do you think things will change
4: uh, well, um, may, may I? May yeah, I? Go ahead, Barry. Yeah. yeah. Um, Is that Barry? Yeah. Yeah. How you doing, okay. Steve? Uh, I I could feel the the pain, and I, I have I do have an answer for you. I think what happened today was you saw an Auburn team that go in there with these expectations, you know, coming off that NC. SEC championship like you said and you know they just got off to a not a great start you know it's a it's a quick game two halves and when you get off to a type of start that they got off to it's tough to, to dig your way back out and I think you got to give them credit for the, the way that they fought towards the end of that game making it look competitive making it look like they had a chance to come back like you got to look at today's an anomaly KD's not going over 14 again it's not going to happen alright like you ask why that's why you can look at that one stat line be like okay that's my answer, and you gotta look at the the number of threes that Auburn takes. Knowing that that's not the way that they want to play the game, that's not gonna happen again. They're going they're gonna clean that up, and you, so it's just like you know, today was just. I think it was you gotta look at a glass half full type of thing to get the jitters out the way. Like Javon said, this is an SEC champ, the tournament. Get ready for NCAA tournament. You know what you gotta get away from. You know what you have to work on, and now you got a little bit of extra time. You got a little bit of extra rest. Look at it that way. And moving forward, you know, just got to keep, you know, I was watching, um, Good morning football today. And this guy says, God put two eyes in the front of your head and zero on the back. You can't look back. All right, I thought that was just the most beautiful thing I heard all day. So why? Just two things. They shot too many threes. They got down too bad, too quick, too early. And they got away from their brand of basketball. The way that Auburn wants to play. Play defense. Let your defense turn the offense and get to the rim and get your points. So it's, it's going to be better. I, I have 100% faith that this will not occur. Like, well, this will not happen the way that it happened. It will not be a shooting day like we've seen today. And also you're facing a team that was – desperate to get into the NCAA tournament because AM is
2: not guaranteed a spot in the NCAA tournament. They know that they have to play their A++++ game every single game in order to try to just get to the NCAA tournament. So I'm not saying Auburn didn't give any effort today, but it's just showing that, hey, AM on this specific day wanted it even more than Auburn. And that's how they ended up on top over the Tigers, despite the Tigers having the more talented team.
5: Well, that to me, that answer to, you, to me is even more discouraging and more disheartening that they wanted it more. Our team should have wanted it more because they, they now probably have um, screwed themselves out of getting a number one seed. And, you know, historically, it's the number one seeds that have the highest probability of going to the final four in the championship game. Not the number two seeds. Yeah. They don't have that high probability. So why wouldn't you have wanted the game more than A&M?
4: Well, I like. I guess the my answer to that question – I mean, my answer is that when you're looking at the way Auburn just historically has been, we're always kind of coming in as an underdog. We're always that team that has to fight and scrape and claw and, you know, punch up, if you will, right? And now coming in as this vaulted – Powerhouse team, you know we're getting teams' best shot. You know every team, when they come to play Auburn now, you, you're gonna get their A effort, no matter who you're playing, no matter where the arena is. The ven- so play like the champion, everybody. Well, that's the thing. You gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta be, get to that point. I don't. I think that Auburn is they're they're still they're still young. You have to remember this is still a young team, and that they are getting they're getting prepped and ready. Like you know they they, they really excelled throughout this regular season, this SEC tournament. I I think they were looking at it maybe more like you know we're going to go in we're just going to use this to get ready for the NCAA tournament and then you came across a team that like Javon said they're fighting for their NCAA tournament lives so when you're looking at it where you're trying to just get right where another team is just like this is our playoffs like our playoffs start today you're going to see a different level of intensity especially when you are the the team that Auburn is that number one powerhouse squad and I look at it like I don't look at that first half I look at the way that they battled in that second half i look how they came back made the game competitive because i think that really, like i think that that whooping that they took in that first half woke them up i think that that was kind of like hey we can't go out here and just you know a day i was i always want to say that word but lackadaisical you can't, yeah, yeah that yeah. one that's how that's the word, that's the word i, I love, like that's the word that comes to my mind you can't just go out here And think just because you are this number one seed and you got all these wins and you got this this um, SEC championship win that you are going to be able to just walk through any of these teams. This is the game of basketball where and you can catch you can catch it on any day. That's what makes basketball such a great game because you don't you know it's not a foregone conclusion when you step onto the floor. So I think that the way that that game went in the first half and the way that Auburn battled back in the second half, I saw a lot of fight and I think that they're going to take this personally. I think they're going to look at this and they're going to be like, all right. In. we got kicked out first round let's go into this ncaa tournament and show teams that this was not who we are this is not how we do things and let's let's go play our brand of basketball so i, I that's how that's just how my mindset tells me that's going to go because that game could have ended way uglier than it did the way that it started and the way that it ended gave me a lot of confidence that this team is going to come more focused and more prepared than we probably could have seen them had they you know came back and won this game
5: well, I appreciate your response and your comments, and I hope those are the correct ones because I'm concerned right now about uh, how much this, uh, the way that the team performed today, that it may have an impact negatively on their confidence level. Uh, and I say that because I also uh, heard on the postgame show uh, they talked to Kessler. Did you hear uh, Mr. Kessler talk? Yes. Well, he sounded very dejected in his tone. Uh, did you notice that?
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you just lost – you were the number one seed, and you just got upset in the SEC tournament by uh, – what were they, the, the nine seed? Nine seed. Uh, and so I, I would think I would be a dejected at that point, too. But I, like Barry said, and it, this is not going to you know give you all the answers uh, that people are looking for, but I think that hopefully – you look at the auburn can come back to come back to the uh, neville arena sit down watch the film and this can be the kick in the pants that they needed to get back on track i know you know they it probably and i agree you know with a lot of people it should have come earlier than this and yeah it, it should have it should have come right after that uh the first loss of the season at arkansas or the first loss of the uh the the sec play at arkansas uh, but it didn't. And Auburn, you know, went in. They still won the SEC regular season title. And, you, you know, after you, you win a title, you feel on top of the world, and then you get brought right back down uh, by Texas A&M today. And now you head into the NCAA tournament, and you're not going to be a one seed, probably. You're, you're hanging on to a two seed right now. Like I said, Joe Lenardi about, you know, about two hours ago has them as the, uh, the second one seed. And so you're, you're hanging on to a two or second two seed. You're hanging on to a two seed right now hopefully that's the kick in the pants they needed to say hey we're not invincible and you know going forward like they said in the post game like Walker said and like Stephen Pearl said you lose and you go home in the NCAA tournament and so it's do or die now for this Auburn basketball team uh, uh,
5: you know I, I, I don't know what's going to change what's going to make them change because you know uh, it took them 10 minutes into the second half for them to finally uh, decide hey we might lose this game you know yeah uh, and that, that, to me, is uh, unacceptable at this time of the season. And that's why I'm uh, so troubled by and just really uh, just heartbroken by. Because I love this team, and the players on that team are much more talented, but they just, just didn't do it today. And I didn't see Coach Pearl and his staff do anything about it until it's too late. And then and then we get this crap from Buzz Williams. I have no sense of that. In fact, this is one of the most uh, ridiculous nonsense statements. Did you hear him... Uh, when it was halftime and they talked to him right before they were going to the locker room. They asked him about how his team was doing. And what did he say? I got his quote here. Everybody except Pat Dye got an offensive rebound for them in the first half. What the heck was that about, guys?
1: Uh, I'm not – I mean uh, – it, it, I don't know. I, I don't know.
5: Was that really a comment of me? I mean, you're going to bring in Pat Dye, the football coach, into a basketball game? Everybody except Pat Dye got an offensive rebound for them in the first half, end of quote.
1: I mean, mean, look at crap. You look at the the stats they had uh, you look at the sta- I I don't think it's an insult I think no, it's, no, an, it's it's not. he's criticizing his own team there uh, that there were 26 rebounds on the uh, on the day or on the on the first half for it 11 of those are on offense I think he was more criticizing his own team on lack of grabbing defensive rebounds because you look at uh you know let's flip over here to Texas A&M's Mate, first well, half
5: but why was Pat Diaz name even mentioned
1: uh, uh, because he's, you know,
4: he's, he's the name that when you think of Auburn, he, yeah. he comes yeah. up.
1: Football has to no do with basketball. Say Sonny Smith. I mean, not as many people in the in the sports world know about Sonny Smith than as they do Pat Dye. Okay, um, like I said, I don't think um, it's an insult. No, I think it was no, so. he was more criticizing his own team for the amount of offensive rebounds they allowed.
5: So uh, they got some for waking up to do, and I don't know, uh, guys. Right now, I'm not that confident myself uh, that they are going to make the adjustments because our uh, guard play, you know, um, we were being stymied. Uh, people were just taking wild shots again at times when they didn't have to. Yeah, and uh, you know, everybody's going to be focusing whoever we play on doubling on who
1: Jabari, yeah, Jabari. Smith and Walker Kessler
5: and Walker Kessler, and Kessler didn't seem like himself today either. I think he's not 100. Is he?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you see the wrap uh, the on his shoulder that, uh, that appeared in the last couple games for this, this Tigers team. So never really gotten a clarification on what that's about. But, yeah, uh, he didn't look like himself. But like we said earlier, give credit to Texas A&M. They watched the film from that first game. They adjusted. And now that's what Auburn's got to do here. They've got to come back to Neville Arena. They've got to sit down. They've got to watch what happened in that game. Uh, besides just missing open shots, uh, you, you see what Texas A&M did. And you adjust to make sure that that doesn't happen again going forward.
5: Well, I can take the optimistic side of all of this, then. I can say, well,
1: that's you know, it,
5: uh, uh, respectfully, uh, the coaches and team decided to, uh, you know, just not wear themselves out and yep. get the game. They lost it.
2: There they we go, yeah. They'll be rested up See? and get ready for the NCAA
4: tournament. <laughs> now, that's what I like Why to wear hear. Yourself out, right? That is exactly what you need to be thinking right at this moment. <laughs> just look two eyes straight ahead. Get some good rest. Go back. Fix your mistakes and get ready. Get ready for the big one because that's, that's what we're waiting on. And, you know? and with
5: that, I'll be loading up on another fresh supply <laughs> of mall. bismol uh, because cold turkey apparently doesn't do it and I don't have enough clothes <laughs> to put on to take off. But <laughs> that, guys, uh, I hope our baseball team, softball teams uh, uh, do a lot better performing than uh, the basketball team did today. Maybe they learned a lesson too. So with that, guys, um, thank you for your time as always. I know I got more time than I, I've a uh, contributed uh, in any uh, uh checks to you so <laughs> with that y'all have a relaxing uh weekend and uh, i know i will because i'll have to watch Auburn play basketball <laughs> that's so, right y'all have a war eagle weekend guys and talk to you all
4: monday war eagle
1: Well you steve for that call 334 887 locally toll free one 9 tiger 9 is how to get on the auburn bank phone line coming up after this break more sports call brent daughtry is in the building he'll join us after this
0: you want to join our conversation, tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
2: Welcome back to Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9 and the Tiger Communications app. Javon Cutler now in the host chair relieving Brooks Childress as Brooks Childress is board opping the Auburn baseball game tonight. Catch that game on FM Talk 93.9. So busy once again, a couple of games here around the Tiger Communications family of networks throughout the weekend, Auburn baseball and softball. So we'll have those on the airwaves would have had auburn basketball still if you know things turned out a certain way um of course we'll get into a little bit more of that but just another quick reminder that we're off the air today at 5 15 because of auburn softball which will be on our airwaves brit bowen and ryan lavoie will be giving the call for auburn softball on tiger 95.9 and just also another reminder no smith station baseball today no smith station baseball today on 99.9 kate fm so if you want to catch the panthers in action you'll actually have to go to the station to do that smith station i should say but yeah we've got brant daughtry now in the studio Mr. javon cutler barry blanchard and brant daughtry so how are you doing today brant
6: yeah uh, ah uh, loaded question <laughs> um been better definitely been better um starting my day with Auburn losing a game that they should have won um, is definitely painful. Auburn is a better team than Texas A&M. And uh, it's, you know, it's one of those weird things that happens sometime in bas- sometimes in basketball where you were getting open shots and you couldn't hit them and they were hitting everything. And uh, that's just not going to do it. I mean, Jabari had a, I mean Even Jabari missed a couple of open looks. I, I mean, it was just a, a weird, rough... I hate to, I hate when people call games flukes, but it felt that way, you know, because Auburn is a better shooting team than they showed, and A and M is not as good a shooting team as they showed. I think if you're if you're an Auburn fan and you're looking for a reason for optimism, which I always am. I think the reason that you have for optimism is that in the past, when the offense has got and has gotten bogged down, it's because there's not a whole lot of off-ball movement. The passing isn't there. There's a lot of dribbling by one guy, and then he takes a wild shot. That wasn't the case today. That was never. That never happened to Auburn's offense today. The ball movement was there. You were getting open looks. You were just not hitting them, especially in the in the first half. Um, Auburn could not buy a three. Uh, Jabari made his first three shots and then missed like six in a row Uh, Katie Johnson could not buy a bucket I mean bless him he was playing his heart out but nothing was falling for him he he finished with zero points and he played better than that Um, it's it was so weird I mean even Alan Flanagan who looked closer to his regular self in this one he had a couple that shouldn't have gone a couple of touch fouls called on him he hit a three he hit a corner three but his foot was on the line so it was just a two it was the the furthest possible shot where, where you could get two points and you really it was stuff like that all game long uh the shots were there the ball movement was there the guys were playing hard effort was not the issue Effort has not been the issue for Auburn all year long. I think, it, it, well, the second half of that Georgia game in Athens, uh, I feel like effort became an issue because you had such a massive lead and you expected to coast in the second half, and Georgia came back. But other than that, effort has not been the issue. Effort and ability are not the problem. But boy, you got to start making outside shots at some point. The outside shot has not been has not been there for Auburn since about halfway through the conference schedule. They've shot about thirty percent since the start of conference play, which is not winning basketball. Um, and that's what teams are going to do. Teams are going to dare Auburn to shoot the three, other than Jabari Smith and Wendell Green. Uh, you're probably just going to ha- going to play halfway defense when the shot is coming from far away. You're not going to press up on the outside. Teams are going to pack the lane. That's what A and M did today. A and M on a couple of possessions had four guys standing in the paint uh, and just said, "Hey, we're not going to let Walker Kessler beat us. We're not going to let you get to the rim. And if you do cut to the rim, we're going to make you. We're going to contest that shot as heavily as we possibly can." Um, and that gave Auburn fits because they couldn't knock down the open threes. They got the they got looks. They got really good looks. Uh, if you look at a stat qual- or a shot quality, which is a stat that uh, is kept, it's a good Twitter account to follow. Um, I, I, shot quality is that the, I think that's the handle. But they said, look, with the shots that Auburn took today, based on how well they are able to shoot the three. And based on how well AM usually shoots, based on how good the two teams look and the quality of shots that Auburn got, Auburn wins this game 76% of the time with the shots that were taken. And I don't know how they come up with those metrics. I'm not a math guy. I've said that before. I like to use advanced stats. I'm not really sure how they work a lot of the time. But just looking at the, the shot quality that Auburn had, Auburn should have won this game, even a regular shooting night from three this game is within five or six at halftime and with a regular shooting night from two auburn wins this game by 12 it's just a matter of you couldn't get the shots to fall and credit to a&m they played really hard they played they played like their hair's on fire because they're trying to make it to the tournament and now that they've won this game they're probably going to make it to the ncaa tournament as well they should they're a really good team Winning in the SEC is really hard because there are a lot of tournament teams. There are probably eight or nine tournament teams in the SEC. But that does not change the fact that Auburn should have won this game. Uh, it, Auburn is better. Auburn is the most talented team in the SEC, if not the most talented, probably second or third. Uh, I think Kentucky might have them and, uh, just from top to bottom, and uh, Tennessee is probably even with them. But I, I think Auburn, Auburn's better. Auburn's better than they shot today. They again they played well. That's the thing that hurts the most. Every time Auburn has fallen behind or given up a big lead or lost a game, it's because they haven't played well. Auburn played well today. They just couldn't get the top off the lit they couldn't get the lid off the basket.
2: And that happens in basketball. Unfortunately, that's something that happens. You have these one off games where it's like, man, we can't buy a basket to save our lives. And like I mentioned earlier, it's better, obviously, this happens now in the SEC tournament yep. as opposed to the NCAA tournament because, yeah, the SEC tournament is similar where if you lose, you're out, but the NCAA tournament, that's the granddaddy of them all, you could say, so You better. it's better to, for Auburn to get this crap out the way, per se, than to have this happen in the NCAA tournament. I'm sure Bruce Pearl's going to have these guys ready, and like we've all mentioned before, Auburn is not a great three-point shooting team. They are not like the Final Four team of a couple of years ago. No, they're not. Today, they shot 25% from three-point range, 30% overall. One positive thing I'd say for Auburn is turnovers. They only had nine turnovers today, so it wasn't like they were throwing the ball all over the place like they've done in a couple of games this year. It's just like you mentioned, Brant, a matter of
6: knocking down yeah. they, shots. They didn't turn the ball over that much. They rebounded well. They got open looks. Yeah. Every They played really good defense from beginning to end. He just could not get the top off the bucket. And that's, that's a real shame. Like you said, that just happens in basketball yeah. sometimes. Um, it's kind of weird. I saw a stat. Auburn is 5-4 and four in their last nine games. They've lost all four of those games by a combined 17 points. Man. That's... That's so minuscule That means you've had a chance to win every single game And look Auburn was down by like 18 at the Halftime of this game they got down by 20 uh, When it was at its worst and they Still lost by what five I think Yeah five It's The good good is that this team Doesn't have any quit in it Uh, They play hard again People want to talk about like oh why, why are the shots Not going down why aren't they working hard They're working hard effort is not the issue You've got to get those shots to fall. Someone other than Jabari has to be able to shoot threes consistently. And look, I love Wendell Green, and I love when he pops from thirty and it goes in. You can't expect that of him consistently. You know, you think maybe one, one, one or two a game at most, but he's not going to be able to take contested threes from twenty-eight feet away and win you games like he, like he almost had to today. He was the only guard that shot well, and it's because he made absolute circus threes. You, that's not going to continue going forward. It, Katie Johnson has to get some shots to fall. Zep has to get some to fall. He shot one or he shot one or two threes today. He looked okay. You're going to need more offense out of him. Your backups are going to have to get some offense going. It was just an ugly shooting day, even though you had open looks. And that's I don't know what the remedy for that is. Uh, I'm sure Bruce Pearl has several ideas. Um, Auburn's probably going to be a two seed at this point. Which is like they're probably going to end up as the number five or six team in the country, which in the grand scheme of Auburn basketball, when we're talking about finishing fifth or sixth in the country, what are we complaining about? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, this is disappointing, but there is certainly hope for next week.
2: Yeah, and uh, speaking of Katie Johnson, I know, Barry, you mentioned this, I think, in the last hour as far as the anomaly that, hey, we don't expect Katie Johnson to have zero points in a game. Yeah. Because literally in this game, all you needed to win was at least six points from Katie Johnson. So if he gave you six points, you would have won the ball game, regardless of how inefficient, reckless, wild, erratic, all those words he is at times. Uh But all you needed was just six points from Katie Johnson, he would have won the game. But... Yeah, I, I don't expect Katie Johnson to play that bad ever in a game. 0-14 from the field, 0-8 from three, and then zero points. Let me add, can I ask you guys a question. Yeah, yeah.
4: Go yes. for it. Well, do you think that pressure played up any part of this, that bad shooting that they went through today? Like the pressure of just being the number one seed? And being no, on the best no, no the I, don't, I don't think so. No. I don't think
6: so. Auburn's had a target on their back since about a quarter of the way through the season. You know, everyone realized – how good Auburn was around the beginning of conference play, so they've had pressure on them the whole time. I don't think this was a, I don't think this was a choking scenario. Uh-huh.
2: No, it's not choking. And um, you mentioned this, Brent. It was just a And M also playing like their hair was on fire because yeah. they know they had to win a bunch of games and string together a bunch of impressive wins to make the NCAA tournament. They came in to the turn or SEC, or yeah, NCAA tournament. But they also came in as one of the hottest teams in the conference. They had won six oh, yeah. out of their last seven games yeah. prior to the Auburn game.
6: Seven of the last so now eight now. Seven,
2: eight. seven out of the last eight. So got to give credit to them. And they also made adjustments because the first time they played Auburn, it felt like A&M couldn't make a three to save their lives. Like they played terrible on offense. Auburn didn't have their best game either, but Auburn just used their talent to outplay A&M and pull away at the end. But it was night and day now. With this game, because A and M started making their three-point shots, and that's something that you could contribute to last or yesterday, I should say, because against Florida they started making their threes and started raining down and making tough shots as well. So it's just all about getting hot at the right time. That's what tournament play is all about. It's not always about the most talented team because there's been a bunch of talented teams before that have not won the SEC tournament or uh-huh. the NCAA tournament. But it's whenever a team has chemistry, continuity, and they're just clicking at the right time and nobody could stop them, that's when it feels like, okay, this team is unbeatable. Like Auburn's Final Four team, they weren't the most talented team, but they just got scorching hot at the end. They got nuclear
6: from three towards the end of the season.
2: So it's just all about getting hot at the right time and that's usually what leads to Final Four appearances national championship appearances and in some cases national championships in general.
6: You know, I, I don't even think it has to be Auburn has to start shooting 50% from oh, no. three. I think they just have to. I, I just think you can't have another performance like today. Other than Jabari and Wendell, Auburn shot 6% from, be, from beyond the line. And that's that's going to lose you a lot of games. But I don't expect that to continue. No. I At the beginning of conference play, through like the first f- five or six games conference play, Katie Johnson was one of the most efficient three-point shooters in the conference. And he just completely fell off. Auburn doesn't have to get hot. They just need to be not cold. They need to play up to their ability. They don't even need to, to do what the 2019 team did and play above their heads. And no disrespect to the 2019 team, it's a very good team, a lot of talented guys, a lot of great three-point shooters, uh, guys who are making a lot of money playing basketball right now, as primarily as 3 and D guys. But you're going to have to start making the shots that are there. You're going to have to start shooting 40. You're going to have to start hitting open threes. Auburn had a ton of open threes that it missed today. And that's the biggest issue. And it wasn't just threes. I mean, like, you look at the threes and you go, oh, crap, Auburn can't shoot threes. They haven't been able to shoot threes all year. The two-point percentage was bad today, too. And so were the free throws. If you shoot a decent free throw percentage, you're losing by two. You know, Auburn shot, I think, uh, what, what, like seven of 12, something like that, from the Charity Stripe today. So just not not good from there either. The shooting was not there. You could not buy a point. Uh, and that's a real shame because the defense played well. The offense played well, just didn't shoot well. You know, Javon, do you have the stats?
2: Yeah. For Auburn's free throw um, statistics today, they were. Eleven out of eighteen, so sixty-one percent from the charity
6: stripe today. That's for not
2: good. Not good at all. That that's is not, not going to
6: win. I, Jabari missed two in this game, I, I think, and that's uncharacteristic. I will say there's something like
4: I'm, I'm. I'm just that guy who I've been a fan of like teams who haven't been great for a long time. So I'm always kind of looking for something to welcome like, to Auburn grasp. basketball. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
6: I'm looking for something. The last like five years bat. have been wonderful. I know,
4: right? <laughs> <laughs> and like build on, but it's just like. The, the anomaly of just every like, like you said, like they were shooting bad from two, shooting bad from three, shooting bad from the free throw, um, just not able to find the bucket anywhere you looked. It's like you, that can't like the the probability of that all culminating again like that is so low because it's not like it's just not fathomable in my head to think that that is going to be a repeat. And I want to ask you guys, like, let's say you're Bruce Pearl, right? Right. And you're you're getting your team to get after this this game. If you had to show your team one game from this season where it's just like, this is where we need to put This is how we need to play. This is like us at our best. Which game are you going to show back to your team?
6: That's an interesting question. An interesting I mean, question. I, mean the, <laughs> I mean, the first half of the Georgia game was awesome, but yeah. I mean, you blew that lead in the second half, so I don't know yeah, if you want, want to bring I want the that up again. A full game, like from the, a start full, to finish. A full game. I mean, game. Kentucky was incredible. I mean, that was a close game, but Auburn played really, really well from beginning to end in that one. Um, the Ole Miss game? I'd say maybe, yeah,
2: maybe the Ole Miss game. Um,
6: the LSU game. The the first conference game of the season. Yeah. Walker Kessler got a triple double in that game. That was a a wonderful game. Auburn at its best. I don't think Auburn hasn't played a complete 40 minutes yet this year. I they don't haven't, think, honestly. I don't think and they've that's, gotten hot yet, you and know? That's and I would love if it could happen starting <laughs> next week.
4: And that's where I'm getting it. I think that from the Auburn basketball that I've seen this season, it's like either going to be some explosive first half to get to this gigantic league and they just kind of coast the rest of the way, or they're battling in the second half and they just seem to hit that stride the last six or five minutes of the second half. If I'm Coach Pearl and I'm like looking at my team as a whole, I want to be able to put together, like you said, a, a for a cohesive 40 minutes of basketball. And I'm going to start to do that by this is the way that we do this. We play defense. We score at the basket. And that three, that's just a momentum thing. That is just to let the other people know that we can do it and that if we get there and we're able to hit that get our offense going and that three shot is falling, you have zero chance. You just suck the soul away from that other team. And that's just how I think that if I'm Auburn, This is how I'm approaching this. This is like, we have the talent. We have the skill set. We have the players. We have the mentality on defense. We rebound. We get to the basket. we, We get to the free throw line. Let's go out here and just play like some dogs. Let's go out here and snatch souls. Let's go out here, put a foot on the neck, and end them. And I think that that's where they need to be trying to progress to. I think they're just playing to the level of their competition right now. I don't think that they're trying to go out there and end teams. And I think that that's where I'm that's, – that's the only thing I could see that Auburn is missing at this point because with this, the 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 talent and the depth that they have, they can beat anybody. Everyone knows that. But are you that alpha team that teams just don't want to see at all? This is that moment where Auburn can become that.
2: Yeah, for Auburn, um, that's a great point you mentioned, Barry, as far as playing down to the competition because it does seem like in several games this year – You mentioned, yeah, Auburn has an amazing, perhaps, first-half start. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, okay, Auburn's up by 15 points. They're doing great. But then the other team somehow gets back into the game where it's like, okay, they've trimmed Auburn's lead to about seven or eight points, Mm -hmm. call a timeout. Bruce Pro has to kind of wrangle the guys back in. It's like, all right, guys, remember who we are, et cetera, et cetera. Then Auburn just absolutely explodes and blows the other team out. A team or an example of a game like that, I'd say, probably was the Alabama game when they played – in Auburn Arena, because oh, Auburn, that was
6: I was so happy because
2: Auburn kind of got into that spell where it's like, okay, we're up by a lot, then Bama makes a comeback, knocks down several threes, Bruce Pro kind of has a talk with the guys, then Auburn just puts the foot on the gas pedal and absolutely throttles Alabama outside out of the arena. So I think for Auburn, they know what it takes to play a complete game. It's just all about mentality, I think, at times.
6: I, I that that sounds good to me. I mean, it's uh, I don't know. I I want consistency, and, you know, I I always tell people, like, hey, it's hard to play a full 40 minutes of basketball, and that's very true. But it's just I I want, from game to game, just threes to start falling, man. And (laughs) I I know I said it's more than threes, but, man, that has been – a kicker for Auburn for the past couple of weeks. I think if that three shot starts falling, they need to be like for people point, other than Jabari Smith cuz he's point, been he's been consistent.
4: At that point they just need to be like this is our game. You never stood a chance. They just need to take that. Like they need to be that team. Be those guys that just be like, wow, we have to play Auburn and then the people are just dreading like they're rubbing their head. They have that type of talent and I just want to see them put that together. Yep, Auburn basketball falling to Texas A&M.
2: 67 to 62 Auburn is officially out of the SEC tournament but now they'll be awaiting their destiny in the NCAA tournament coming up on selection Sunday but that wraps up the second hour of sports call we'll have an abbreviated third hour of the show before we get off there around 5:15. but Javon Cutler Barry Blanchard and Brant Daughtry here in the studios after this quick commercial break we'll be right back with more of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show Third and final hour of Sports Call begins right now here on Tiger 95.9 in the Tiger Communications app. Javon Cutler alongside Brant Daughtry and Barry Blanchard. And just another reminder that we're going to be off the air in about eh, 10 minutes or so as we have Auburn softball on our airwaves. Tiger 95.9, Auburn Softballs. They enter SEC play. So huge matchup for the ladies on the diamond. But we'll have that action for you as first pitch is around six o'clock tonight and then pregame starts around 5 45 so just another reminder we will be off the air at 5 15 today but yeah about 10 minutes or so left here in the show and as expected we've talked a lot about auburn basketball as auburn basketball falls to texas a&m 67 to 62 not the ideal ending for auburn in the sec tournament but just another reminder You've still got the NCAA tournament. So Auburn will learn their fate this upcoming Sunday and see where they land in the brackets. Prefer or not preferably, but it's going to be a number two seed, most likely. I doubt a number three, but I'd say number two, they're firmly in that number two spot.
6: Yeah, I think they'll probably be... The sixth overall, so the second number two. I don't know that. That's just me spitballing. I haven't seen that projected anywhere, and obviously every other conference tournament has to play out. Um, What's interesting to me is I'm looking at other one seeds maybe out of the SEC, and Kentucky is definitely up there. If Kentucky wins the SEC tournament, they're probably going to be a one seed, and I think they probably have the best chance to do it. Um, Texas A&M is quote-unquote hot at the right time, so we'll see what they can do. Uh, But Arkansas is very good, and Tennessee also very good. So I think those are the four remaining teams that have a real chance uh, at winning the SEC. Auburn being a two-seed, I mean, they haven't been a two-seed all year, you know, since the first bracketology came out. Um, No one has had them as a two-seed until, I guess, right now. And you're right. I doubt they fall to a three. But it could happen, Hey, you know.
4: Think of it as like the like the, the the number two and what it means to Auburn, right? Like think about what that could just propel us forward with. Bryce Brown, yeah, yeah. Whatever, you, whatever you need to channel. has <laughs> got a
2: channel to Bryce Brown. Bryce Good Brown Can you, can you
6: imagine <laughs> <laughs> having Bryce Brown on this team? Oh my just goodness! Like oh. having a true shooting, having a true three and D shooting guard. That would help this team a ton, but and that's kind of Chance Westry is a, a guy who's a senior in high school right now. He's committed to Auburn, and that's kind of the role that he's expected to play. So Auburn should have that next year. Now you're not going to have Jabari Smith, probably True. not going to have Walker Kessler. Still not sure. Probably not going to have Walker Kessler. So you're gonna you're gonna need another big man. I think Dylan Cardwell is going to step up and fill that role. No, he is not Walker Kessler, but he's still pretty freaking good. Still good. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to have Jalen Williams who. It, Jalen Williams and Dylan Cardwell could be starting for probably, yeah, I'd say most of the teams in the SEC right now. So, yeah, I don't. I, I the production is obviously not going to be like lottery pick good, but it's you're still going to have you're still going to be fine uh, with your post guys, a- and you're going to have this entire backcourt back, court back uh, plus Chance Westry. And I obviously we don't want to look forward to next year, but since I'm here, I think Auburn's got a chance to be really good next year. Oh yeah. Um, if if the guards pick it up. Uh, next season and they'll they'll they're all coming back zep Zepp already said he's a senior this year, so he's gonna play his fifth year of college basketball. Uh, he's gonna be the old man on the team. so we'll we'll uh we'll see how next year goes but for this year, tournament man just you, you, the every game can be your last and that is a very very scary thing. For a college athlete it's motivation right there I yeah that, it, is, that sure. is the for motivation sure. I for I think sure. that
4: that's what's going to be the 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 speech every single time they step out on the court from this point point or forward it's like that it, their next game could be our last game you guys decided yeah. what's what are you going to do and I, I I personally I said just like when you're a fan of teams that aren't so good for so long you look for moments like this especially in a season where you're playing as some of the best basketball that you can play it's like this is the moment where it's just like who are we as an organization who are we as a school what do we stand for you know it's like that that coming, coming to God moment like where are we what are we going to do now because this is how the world is viewing us this is what our fans like this is how they're looking at us they're worried they don't have confidence it's just us you know if you can kind of build that us versus the world storyline that they love to put into the, the sports documentaries and stuff and it works you know it, it's it's a proven tactic where it's just us and the guys on the court and the coaches on the sidelines we come together and we make this magical run I think that's why we love the NCAA so much because if that magical team makes that run why not us why not Auburn why not now and it's like I said it makes a great story if you go and win the championship and this is how it started I just think that's a great sports documentary and I would love to see it I think that's good TV So I I have I I have Like it's weird To say that I have More confidence After an L than I would If they went forward But I'm just like I'm just sitting here Naturally as an Auburn fan Like oh you're gonna win The SEC tournament Of course You're Auburn They're great They're gonna do it So you come in And then today happens And you're just like Well what am I gonna feel Am I gonna be like Well this is it for us But no I don't feel that Just because of the way That that game transpired I feel the exact opposite I'm like oh It took an anomaly From KD It took this Worst shooting day You've probably ever seen from this team and then the game was still a five point loss like no there's no way this team doesn't go out here and make this run this tournament just i just feel like there's zero way so you might call me overconfident but i feel it so i'm gonna roll with it yeah you never know that's why
2: it's called march madness anything could happen anybody could get upset obviously you've had a bunch of crazy upsets over the past decade or so Virginia losing to a UMBC team where Virginia was the number one seed and they were the 16 seed. Duke's even lost. They lost to Lehigh one year, um, as it, when Lehigh was a 15 seed, Duke was a two seed, I believe. So there's a lot of crazy things that can transpire in the NCAA tournament. You just hope that your team isn't one of them. Um, but I guess on a positive, semi-positive note, at least for Auburn. At least they didn't lose to Vanderbilt like Bama
6: did, so <laughs> that's a positive. Yeah, at least, at least yeah. they lost to a team that is yeah. actually like really good. Well, I I say that Vanderbilt is They're improving. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely better and you got Scottie Pippen Jr. on that yeah. team and he's he is by far their best player. You know it Another thing that I just thought about, and probably a more practical thing than the rest of the things we've talked about, Auburn gets a chance to have a really long rest. Exactly, where you don't have to play a basketball game. Yeah, you're going to practice, but you're not going to play a full game. And your guys that are banged up are going to get a chance to heal. Walker Kessler's had a messed up shoulder for the last two weeks or so, and uh, he had that uh, that neoprene brace on for the for the second for the second game of three or. In three games, he's had it on twice. He did not have it on against South Carolina, but he did have it on the game before, and he had it back on today. So hopefully, this week-long break gives him a, a chance to rest up that shoulder a little bit. And everyone else, we don't know what what all the we don't know what everyone's nicks and bruises are. So hopefully, you'll have a chance to be well rested heading into tournament time, and uh, Auburn can make a run. You know, at this point, it's all about just like hey. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. Yep. The the NCAA tournament is a random result generator mm-hmm. and you have no idea who's going to come out on top hey, of this stuff. I'm going to give you
4: guys a sneak peek. Auburn's winning in my bracket. I don't care what y'all say. very if they're, they're nice. If I were to fill away. out a
6: bracket, I'd have Auburn winning it too, but that's right. because like that's a hard thing. Yeah. And when in right. something like this where <laughs> we have like a point 0 however many zeros you want to throw in there, 1% chance uh to to win to get this thing right. I'm going with my heart on oh, a couple of these, go. you know, heart whenever, whenever the whenever the brass clear eyes full heart
4: can't lose. Absolutely.
6: Niger. Except you very much. can't. You very much can lose. I had a clear eyes and a full heart a lot of times. And boy, I still lost.
4: <laughs> Man, maybe your eyes weren't as clear as you thought. felt. Favored.
6: The only time my eyes weren't clear was in my last game. <laughs> uh, I, I'm that. I, I cried. I cried my senior year after my last football game. That was a that was a sad day we yeah. got absolutely steamrolled
2: <laughs> i mean as far as brackets i'm sure we're gonna do a sports call bracket things so we did that last year where yeah. everybody on the staff fills out a bracket um, i'm sure barry you'll fill out a bracket too um for sports call, and we'll compare results and also we had callers involved as well so we'll do like a little pool thing as far as okay who's gonna have the best bracket amongst all of us and things like that so But we'll see. Selection Sunday is coming up soon, and we'll find out Auburn's fate as well as several other teams across the country. But got to wrap up the show real quick, and that means let's do this.
0: Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide.
2: And Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide is brought to you by our friends at coca-cola so a little earlier nightly tv guide than expected but lots of great events going on this afternoon heading into this evening acc tournament that is still going on 6 p.m central time on espn so if you want some more conference tournament action the acc tournament is on espn For those more interested in movies tonight, Spider-Man Far From Home is on 6 p.m. Central Time on FX. So if you want to catch a Spider-Man movie, that's where you got to check it out. It's a great movie. It's a very good movie. Really good movie. More college basketball action. The Big 12 tournament continues 6 p.m. Central Time on ESPN2. College baseball. Middle Tennessee at Auburn. As 6 p.m. Central Time on the SEC Network Plus. I was
6: leaning in to look at my phone and my ear hit my microphone and it just like rattled. I don't know if y'all, you two heard it. it. I don't know if you could hear it over the air. I heard it like, yeah, I was a little startled. I was like, oh, what's happening here? But my my (laughs) ear hit my microphone and that made it make that noise. It's all good. (laughs) Physics. But college baseball,
2: Middle Tennessee at Auburn, 6 p.m on the SEC Network Plus, but also if you want to listen to it, we've got it on FM Talk 93.9 in the Tiger Communications app so you can listen to the broadcast there. And last but not least, college baseball, or college softball, excuse me, Texas A&M at Auburn. Number 21, Auburn to be exact. So that'll be on our airwaves in a matter of moments here on Tiger 95.9, but the broadcast will be on the SEC Network Plus as well. So that is a look at your nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends at Coca-Cola. So that'll wrap up the show today for Sports Call. Lots of great stuff to talk about today. We'll be back at it once again on Monday. Break down some more Selection Sunday news and Auburn athletics across the plains and whatever else is happening in the sports world. But on behalf of Barry Blanchard and Brant Daughtry, I'm Javon Cutler. We will speak with you on Monday. Have a great rest of your weekend.